Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Homewrecker Podcast, the podcast that you were listening to. I don't even know what I was going to say there. I thought <laughs> I was going to say something, and whatever. It just didn't work. Eh. We're all pros at this, as you can anyway, tell. You know, we've only been doing it for a couple of years. What happens when you put a former pro wrestler and a hypnotherapist together, they get married, and you have a podcast so this is this is what you get woo yeah yeah something like that right anyway so how are you doing my lady i am good i am monique joined with me by my husband alex and for our hearers and watchers who normally listen and watch well if you're listening nothing's really going to be different but if you're watching we've decided to change up how we're doing things we're just going to record in our living room it's more comfortable so you didn't have to say that i mean you can't really tell if you're looking well we don't have the backdrop Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, so it's different, and okay, we're just going fine. with what's easy and comfortable. You're you're just completely like exposing it all. Yeah. Okay, yeah. We're, we're, we're all about the truth. We're jeez. Oh, we're not going to pass <laughs> some illusions along about something that we're not. All right, fair enough. Yeah. fair enough. So yeah, how are you doing? I'm, uh, um, thank you for introducing us, by the way. Welcome. Since I completely botched, you blew the spot. Botched the opening of the show yeah. again. <laughs> Like, like, I've never done this You got this me, before. baby. Gosh. You got me. I got your back. Yeah, so, I'm, yes. I'm good. I want to put out there, you can hear me on Karen Rontowski's podcast, Paranormal Karen. Out, It came out last Friday from when this airs, and it's uh, KarenRontowski.com, and her podcast is Paranormal Karen, and I'm on there talking about hypnotherapy, so please take a listen. Yeah. And how about you, my love? What? Anything you want to share? No, gosh, okay. no. Well, why Absolutely don't we, not. Why don't we get into it with our guests? Yeah, we have a guest this week. Yes. So why don't we just say, I don't, I don't want to talk about me. Okay. <laughs> we want to talk about Nicole. Nicole, yay. Thank <laughs> you for joining us. Yes, welcome, Nicole. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So this week, our guest is Nicole Morales, and you have, you're, you're a woman of many talents. You're a tarot re- and oracle reader. You're a healer. You have a podcast. You... You just seem to do so much. You're, you started making candles. You're making things for your shop, for your website. You're doing a lot, and we want to talk about it all. Um, but before we do that, I just want to tell our hearers and watchers a little bit about how we first met, if that's okay with you. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so, how did you first meet? We met on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. How do we meet everyone nowadays? Yeah. On Twitter. Twitter's yeah. the best place. Crazy. And, and I'm going to share, because I actually shared this with Nicole earlier this week when we were talking about how I felt when we first met and I'm, I'm kind of exposing some raw truth. So I saw her Uh-oh. and I saw her posts on Twitter and I'm like, damn, like I realized you're, you're younger cause you're in your early twenties. Correct. No, I'm 36. No, you're not. 
Thank you, though. Oh, my God. Are you really? Wow. Well, I'm an asshole. We we were talking earlier. We're like, so, so Nicole, what, is she like early 20s, right? I'm like, she's like 22. (laughs) That's so great. Thank you so much for that. I'm like. (laughs) But, like, the stuff that you post is really powerful, and it's a good message. And I was liking what you were saying, but, like, you know how, like, you see, like, things people write on Twitter, like, oh, I want to be their friend. But then I hesitated. And I didn't want to follow you because like I'd see things because people retweeted and they'd like and it'd show in my feed. And I didn't want to follow you because I was like, she's going to hurt me. And and I mean that in the sense of when you become friends with somebody, because this has happened to me in the past where like you really like someone and you feel like you have a lot in common. And then they're the like because they seem like they'll be more popular and they have so much to offer and give, they leave you behind. And I was like, because that, that's what happens. And so it's like that preemptive defense mechanism mode of no, because she's somebody who's like very smart and strong and powerful and gifted. And she eventually, if we became friends, would just leave me in the dust and be like, fuck you. And I'm doing my thing. And, and so it was like a trust thing for me. So wow. I was, yeah, I, this is my mind. This is trauma and things happening and so this is what I've been working on but so just kind of the way things evolved and seeing more posts and I'm like she has a lot of good stuff to say you have to stop this Monique like this is my mind like stop being like this but yeah like I found you through Twitter and um we like followed each other on Twitter and then you did a dragon oracle reading with me and yeah. you did a hypnotherapy reading with me and I did um, one of your Reiki sessions and we're going to talk about that, the guided light session. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but um, we just kind of developed this friendship and listening to your podcast. I'm like, I feel like we're the same person sometimes. Like the oh, stuff wow. that you say, it's like, are, you're just sharing like my thoughts and my feelings about things and I think there's so many people who are on the same level and you just don't realize how many people are feeling the way you do until you hear somebody else speak it and that's just another thing that I love and appreciate about you because you just put it all out there and then there's me like okay a little bit at a time like trying to put myself out there and share my truth without feeling that raw exposure and you're like fuck it I'm gonna do it and I good for you just, for doing that uh, yeah too. I, I appreciate that that you do that so thank you so Nuts. yeah I, I, why don't you share with us just how your path your journey brought you to you know reading tarot and being a healer how did that all come about Nicole uh Gosh, I feel like it really started when, so I was in this relationship for like three years and it was not a healthy relationship. He was younger than me, but it, you know, we had a really good relationship in the beginning, but it was like, he was into cultivating marijuana and I was in that and I was very much into that. Um, I was cultivating and growing and getting, it was just like bad business. I was drinking a lot and I was just not happy. Um, I, you know, some of his family and I would get into arguments and I'm like, what is, what is this? Like we've been together three years and I ended up leaving that relationship. Like I, I literally left 
with my TV and my bed and left everything in the apartment. I was like, you can have it. I don't want this. I, I was so emotional. I was so depressed. I would cry every day in that relationship. And I actually got my first in-person tarot reading with this woman. And I had seen tarot before. Um, magic has been something that's in my family, but it's kind of like, hush, hush. They don't talk about it. It's like brujeria, witchcraft. And a lot of my family is Catholic. So, so I went to this tarot reader in person and she's flipping the cards and she's like, yeah, you did the right thing definitely did the right thing. There's a path for you. She didn't really tell me what my path was. And, uh, after that reading, I was just like, whoa. And so I went to this magic store and I bought myself a deck. And so I started using the deck. I would just pull a card for myself and just look up in the book, what it meant. And then I would like write in my journal, you know, and, um, then shortly after, you know, some years had gone by, I was dealing with drugs and alcohol on and off. Like it's been an on and off thing in my life. And then my grandmother got sick with cancer, uh, pancreatic stage five, just that hit me like a train. And while she was sick, I would pull cards. I would watch readers on YouTube just to kind of, um, hope message. I was like looking I would pull cards and write in my journal. I'd light candles. And sometimes I would do candle magic and I would get like, whoa, this candle is way like the flame is kind of scary. Like I would get scared. I'd be like, and my grandma knew I was pulling cards. I would tell her, um, and she'd be like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, it wasn't until the day of her funeral I pulled cards for myself because there was this huge drama in my family because she was ready to go. Um, I felt like she was ready to go. And I told my family, like, we need to stop being selfish and we want her alive for ourselves. And so that created like this whole like World War III in my family that I'm this horrible person. And that the day of her funeral, I pulled the death card and I pulled the tower. And I was like, Huh. And, uh, you know, dealt with a lot of depression after, and I met a Reiki, a Reiki healer on Instagram. And I had been following her for some time and I had been doing like the group sessions, but we did a one-on-one session together and it was just like life-changing for me. And, I was in this like weird space where I was like, I need to find healers. And some of them weren't good. Some of them were like terrible, Um, (laughs) but some of them were great. And I met this numerologist and she broke down like your life path. I'm an 11 life path. Um, And she was like, tell me about your hands. And I was like, what about my hands? She was like, tell me about your hands. Think about your childhood. Think about, and then I remembered how as a child, I would always hold my grandmother's hand or she would be like, oh, my arm, my shoulder hurts. Rub my, and I would like rub her arm or my mom had surgery. Mm -hmm. My mom used to be a housekeeper when I was small. She was a housekeeper at a hotel and she slipped 
busted a rotator cuff and she had surgery and I would put my hands on her shoulders and she'd be like, Oh, it feels so good when you do that. And so this numerologist like reminded me, like brought me, she's like, you have power in your hands. And I, and at the time I was like, okay. And so <laughs> I didn't really, I, I was doing more Reiki sessions, more group Reiki sessions. And I was like, I really want to learn Reiki. Like there's something there. I wanted to be a massage therapist before, but I was kind of freaked out about like touching people that I don't know. And just like previous yeah. trauma, like kind of had built a wall for mm-hmm. me got into crypto just on a whim. It all happened when the pandemic happened. Like my grandma passed away, um, December 22nd, uh, 2018. Mm -hmm. I went through a whole year of healing and finding and what am I doing? Trying to, you know, I was drinking. So I was trying to stop drinking because I was like guzzling bottles of alcohol and binge drinking. So got through that. And then 2020 hits and my crypto just runs like and I'm like and that same day that it ran I'm like I'm cashing this out you know I'm thinking the money yeah the Reiki teacher who I had only ever done distance Reiki because she lives in Mexico she's like I'm offering a Reiki one course and I'm like this is it and I just was like oh, this is working in my favor and took Reiki one. And I just like that the day that I was attuned, um, I ended up going to Tahoe that, that afternoon. And I just felt like something inside of me clicked. Yeah. And then I started practicing on my mom. I was like, mom, you're going to be my Guinea pig. I'm going to, cause I'm comfortable with you. So I placed my hands on her and she was like, you've always been gifted. I know you've always been. And she's not, my mom is not as very hot and cold. So catch her on a good day. She's really loving, catch her on a bad day. She's very cold. Mm. So I took it for what it was, you know, and practice on my dad. And my dad ended up getting like emotional, not in front of me with my mom. And my mom later told me, she's like, your father always knew that you had a gift and he's so happy that you're finding it. So then my crypto runs up again. I take Reiki too. Um, was kind of scared to do distance Reiki. I was kind of scared to practice on people. Uh, my Reiki teacher, my original Reiki teacher, she kind of went through some things herself. And, and I think that's normal. That's part of the human experience. And with everything going on in 2020, she kind of went one way and we didn't really see eye to eye. I still respect her as an individual, but I feel like she kind of made me feel some type of way because of what I believe in, you know? Sure. And, uh, I found Adriana and, um, I don't know. I connected with her and, and she's younger than me, but it's like, to me, age doesn't matter. I think when your souls can find friendship, that's where it's at. Yeah. And, she was like, yeah, I teach this Reiki course. And I was like, yes, let's do it. Because I learned Reiki one and two. It was like on a Saturday, four hours, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, here's all this stuff. Whereas Adriana's like modules and you can chat with me and I'm available. And I just felt like I was taught like a whole new way. And, um, 
that's when I just felt like I always felt like there was something inside of me. I always wanted to help people. Um, I started doing free readings on my Instagram. Just, I still have the notebooks of like what I wrote out and, you know, kind of kept it on the under because I was afraid to be like judged by family, mm-hmm. coworkers, whatever. But that's where you, know, my grandma passing away was really hard, but that's kind of what shot me up to, to where I am now. Like I needed to go through that darkness. Yes. And then found, found the light within myself. That's amazing. And there's so many similarities that I kind of, I went through and, you know, with your story, it's like, I was in a bad relationship with somebody younger, you know, and it kind of, and that's when I started reading tarot. And um, again, there's that feeling of judgment when you're reading for people because you have the people who judge you like, and they make fun of you for it. But then you have like, they'll let you read and then they get freaked out when you're hitting everything. And so that kind of makes it like, okay, now I'm being judged again, even though I didn't do anything wrong. I, I did what I was supposed to do. Um, and, and then you mentioned like with your hands and it just triggered memories for me. Um, one of my past lives being a healer and using my hands. And then too, when I was a kid, I always like, I was a big hugger, but when I was a kid, I used to, my parents, like I give massages, like for my aunt, my Grammy, like Mm -hmm. I go to the nursing homes and give everyone massages and rub their backs and just like rub everyone's back. And everyone would say how wonderful they felt. And I just thought like, I must be really good at this. You know, I'm a kid. I don't know. And then it's like, yeah, "Yeah," because we're healers and we heal with our hands and that's part of it. And, um, yeah, so I just, I, I love that story, and, and thank you for sharing. Were you going to say something, or? No, thank, yeah, thank okay. you for sharing. That's, it's, it's very interesting how you, like, nobody ever just is great, you know? Nobody ever just gets to a point of being where they want to be. Yeah. Unless they go through some sort of a, a hard time, yeah. you know? So it's just, it, it's like the common thing that you hear when you're listening to anybody about anything, you go through the struggle. Everybody has to go through some kind of a struggle. And if you stick with it and you get through that, it'll bring you to a better place. So it's just, it's cool to hear another story like that. It sucks. Obviously, you know, the, the struggle and the, the hard time you have to go through, but it's just always encouraging when you see where you end up after the struggle. So mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that because anybody that's going through any kind of struggle that may be listening to this right now, it, yeah. can, it can hopefully help somebody, you know? Well, think of it this way. To find the light, you have to go through the darkness. There it is. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It, it's just, it, it's what has to be done. And, and that, and finding that light for you and, and finding that path and that purpose, it's, it's brought you to where you are. And now you even have your own podcast. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So it's funny because, so when my grandma was sick, I had an account called beauty and beer. So, um, this account was because craft beer was blowing up here in Sacramento. We were getting craft beer spots all over. And so one day I was like, I like beer and you know, people say I'm cute like I was like whatever I just I it's it's it sounds good beauty yeah. and beer my friends were like yeah sure. it sounds good you know and in my mind at the time I was like oh maybe I can blow up be an influencer you know just get money blah 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 and 
Um, I was going to all these craft beer shows. I was just drinking a lot. Um, and I had the idea, oh, I should have a podcast. And I was actually a resident on a podcast. I would just do like a short one minute clip for them. Oh, cool. Because they were like an all guy podcast. Mm-hmm. And, um, but then uh, with my grandmother being sick and I was just really like abusing the beer and I wasn't getting paid sometimes like for meetups and things that they would just pay me in beer. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. And it was just not good. So I ended like, deleting everything I was like deleting this account and oddly enough uh when I started my healing with Nicole I never thought that people were really watching me uh Chris from Conspiracy mm-hmm. sent me a message and it was hey would you be interested in my podcast like being a guest on my podcast and normally the way my brain works it's like who is this person is this person trying to hurt me like is this a joke? You know, like all, sure. but in that moment, I was just I'm like, laughing. Cause I can yes. relate. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I would love to. And then my mind, I'm like, who are you? Like you just <laughs> jumped on it, you know? And then, right. um, I went on his podcast and we talked and talked and then he, I kind of mentioned it and he was like, you should start your podcast. Like, why aren't you do, you know, just do it. And then I was like, maybe I should, I don't know. And then Um, I thought about it and I was like, you know, I'm going to do this healing with Nicole podcast. And maybe this is a way that I can express myself and release some of the pent up emotion and feelings that I have. And if no one listens, I don't have that expectation. Like, I don't like to really look and see how many people listen. If one person listens, I'm like, yay, you know, um, it's not that for me. It's, uh, you know, my first episode of season one, I talk about my drug addiction and the the trauma of all of that and the heartache and how hard I was on myself. But after recording that episode, I was like, I feel so great. Yeah, because you're <laughs> like doing I, it for yourself. Yeah, I'm doing it for me. And, and if someone listens, and that's probably my most played episode. And I have so many people reach out to me and just say, thank you for sharing that I can relate or I'm going through it. I, I realize that I do have a problem and definitely no judgment from me. Like whatever you see your sobriety as being, that's what it should be. No one should tell you what it should be. Whatever makes you feel good yeah, is, is what it should be. And now I just, sometimes I'll have like a really bad day and I'm like, I want a podcast about this. And it's funny because I had recorded this whole episode and I had cried my eyes out and I didn't hit record. (laughs) And then I was like, Hey, that's okay though. It's like a, it's like a therapy session for myself. It would have been a horrible podcast episode because I was like blowing my nose and I was just like, (gasps) so, and I always joke about it. Like, Hey guys, you're probably going to hear me cry. I'm going to try not to, but but I'm crying's good, yeah. yeah. And, and one of the things I talk a lot about with hypnotherapy is crying because it was during when I was going through my courses, learning like 
people need to cry. You need to let that out because what happens, it's like holding the toxins inside your body. Mm -hmm. Like what happens when you get hot? You sweat, right? And that's your body's way of keeping it cool. But it's also like letting stuff out. Like when you're not feeling good, you sweat. When you have a fever, you sweat because you're releasing those toxins inside of you and pain. That's a toxin. And so you have to like cry it out and it's healing. Water is healing. Yeah. And and you got to let it out. And so there's such a stigma, like don't cry. And I, I'm kind of like that because I was like, you know, stiff upper lip, have to be tough. Don't cry in front of people. Whereas on the flip side, I'll be watching like a show and I'll be like, like uh, you know watching the lion king yeah yeah i cry all the time so yeah (laughs) so whatever (laughs) i bawled so hard people were making fun of me like at the theater because i was like bawling like i just lost a family member it's like it's how i am i'm an empath damn it (laughs) and i was raised in my childhood my dad would be like you better not cry and if you cry you know if we cried we got spanked even more so it was like we had to like hold hold it in and even I think that that's like so many years of of holding it in that now I'm just like I watch a movie with my niece and I'm just like it's okay to cry like and if she (laughs) cries I'm like it's okay to cry like why are you crying like we talk it through because we don't want that to continue Mm -hmm. And I'm fine with everyone else crying, but I still feel weird crying in front of people. But like, I also hate because I don't know how you are, but the movies, and this is why I hate Hollywood. They have these women who cry and they're so fucking beautiful. And it's like, you're bawling your eyes out and you're gorgeous. Me, my face swells, my eyes swell, my nose is stuffy and like snot pouring out. Like, it, I, I look, look like terrible. a bullfrog. Bull yes! is what I was like, because my eyes just get. I get beet red. It, it's awful. It is not pretty. <laughs> but it's no. good. It's like you need that. That's part of like I say it's like um, a sports massage. Like when you get those deep tissue massage and sports massages because they're really working in. And then like you don't feel good after. But that's what it's like because that's part of the healing process. You're like releasing all that shit and negativity out of your body. It's not always pretty, but it's necessary. And it feels good afterwards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like a lot. I feel lighter every time I put a podcast episode out. Yeah, like I'm freeing a piece of me. Yes, and and, and possibly helping somebody that's that's hearing you that maybe is going through something similar or can relate or whatever, you know. So yes, exactly. it's like the double whammy. You're 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 helping yourself, of course. You feel better, but you you may also be helping at least one other person, if not many. You know, so it's, it's kind of, it's a positive thing any way you look at it. And I want to ask you in terms of you've commented on Twitter about some of the feedback that you get, was there ever any feedback, um, like positive feedback that you got just that really hit you hard in the sense of feeling like you're really helping by doing this podcast? Was there anything like specific you want, you're comfortable sharing that somebody might've said to you? Um, yeah, someone reached out to me and they said, I heard your first episode of season one and they were like, I realized that I've been using alcohol to get by and I'm not facing some of my real life problems. And they were like, thank you so much for shedding that light on, on this for me. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, 
I don't know. I always feel like I'm here for you and, you know, be kind to yourself during the process because it's not just healing isn't linear. Sobriety isn't linear. You're not like, Hey, you know, people like to share their 30 day coin or 60 days or whatever. And that's cool. I'm not that type of person that followed that process, Mm -hmm. you know, because it was like, I got off cocaine and then I started drinking and then it was like, oh, now I'm, I went to the doctor because I have anxiety and now I'm abusing pain pills and anxiety pills. And it's like, it's like you, I was replacing and replacing and replacing until I got to a point where I have a glass of wine from time to time. Sometimes I really want to have a shot of whiskey and ginger ale and I'll have it. I'm not going to stop myself, but that's my limit. Yeah. But you're able to control that. You're able to say like, this is what I can do, but I'm not doing anything after that. Yeah. And some people can't. And that's what I told this person. I said, know what your limits are because I know people, I have friends who are completely a hundred percent sober. They don't drink beer. They don't drink anything, but they still go to the bar Mm -hmm. and they'll get a soda. And sometimes I'll go to the bar and I'll have my one drink and then I'll just order a club soda and lime. And I'm you know, I'm just with people and that's okay. There's no judgment and there shouldn't be judgment Right. with that. If you want to smoke a cigarette, smoke it. You know, I mean, I used to smoke two packs a day at one point in my life. And now I don't once in a while when I'm stressed out, I have the urge for one, but I just, I'm like, eh, I don't want it. And that's that. But there's also addiction with food. There's addiction with other things. And it's just realizing what tendencies you have and yeah. I mean, I, I had a, a listener reach out to me after they completed 90 days of rehab and like, I literally cried and I was like, I am so proud of you. And I'm so glad that that's you, you took the initiative to change your life. I think that's the hardest step is deciding to make that change and taking mm-hmm. that step. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've lost people in my life, uh, to overdose, mm-hmm. to, and it's horrible. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's, and you feel it's hard. Not a lot of people understand addiction and there's, you know, and it doesn't help that society's like, yeah, drink, drink, drink. Or, you know, in the movies, it's like, yeah, do party and, and do cocaine and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And then you're just kind of like caught in this in between of what's real and what's fake. It, mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's, yeah. Like that's the main episode that I get feedback on. It's like, thank you. And I'm like, thank yourself for taking the leap of like making, you know, you're going to live longer and you're going to feel great. And you're actually going to live. I spent so many years not living. I was just a rope. I was numb. I was just living to be numb. Yeah. Like you're just going through it. Yeah. Yeah. At my lowest point, I was waking up and I was, (laughs) I would have an eight ball ready to go. And that was my first part of my day was an eight ball. I would go to work on my breaks, go out. I was in sales, you know, I was making money and driving and, oh, let me get another eight ball. And that was my life. There was no depth or emotion. It was just, I'm getting money and I'm spending it. And then I'm going to get a bottle of vodka and then go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Rinse and repeat. Yeah, that was, and that was, that was going on for 
nine months. I did that for nine months until I finally, my body, I was just way too addicted. I mean, I was at my worst point. I had drank a bottle of 151. I can't even look at a bottle of 151. Wow. I drank almost the whole thing. And I did an eight ball, like in one sitting, I was just back to back. And then I ended up in someone's bathroom, fully clothed, um, thinking I was going to die. And I had them drop me off. I was like, drop me off. Cause I don't want to die here and have the police come. Yeah. And, um, I woke up and I had the, the blood mustache it was like 18 hours, 18 hours. I think it was, I had like 36 mixed missed texts from my dealer. And I was also selling at the time too. So I had all these, but I was so lost that, I mean, I looked at myself in the mirror. I had like the black eyes and the blood and then looked at my phone. And what did I do? You would think like, Hey, this is a changing point for me. And it was like, got on my phone hey, I need an eight ball, bring me a pack of cigarettes. And I asked for uh, a Miller, like a 32 ounce. So hours before you're like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And 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 you know, yeah, I thought I was. I literally was fully clothed, drenched in a shower. I woke up to a pile of vomit, blood mustache. And then I I didn't care. It did. I did not care. That didn't shake me. And when I talk about it on my podcast, it, I get so upset because it's like, you did not, you were hoping to die. I was really hoping it would just end. And, and, and that, that hurts. And, and it's because that pain was there, but you were just numbing it. I was, nu- I was so numb. And it, it got, and then after that, it got progressively worse because then I got introduced to Oxycontin. Oh. Then I was mixing the two. Ooh. So now I'm even playing a more dangerous yeah. game. Wow. And that's when um, things started happening. I knew someone that had overdosed on heroin. I wasn't doing heroin, but I knew someone that overdosed on heroin. And that kind of hit, it kind of like, ah, okay, could possibly die. But it was until my friend got, my friend got murdered. Um, He was, he was shot and killed. Uh, It was a, it was a, weird situation he was driving home with his girlfriend it was a gang it was a gang initiation they randomly chose him he got out of his car to go in his house and they killed him uh, before christmas jeez and that that week was when i decided to to try to get sober because i had friends who were like hey you know hey like i had real friends who were shaking me like hey you are so thin and you're not yourself and so I was just home. I remember being on my computer on MySpace, hearing the sirens. And I was like, and it was my friend, Mark, he had been murdered. And that's when I stopped doing cocaine. I stopped doing stuff, but then I was like abusing the, the Xanax and the Ativan. Cause I didn't know how to deal. And the doctor's like, well, here, here are these pills. So then it's like, yeah. you're giving a drug addict you're just replacing. you're substituting it with more drugs. Mm. And, and that's something that really pisses me off because just kind of looking at what I've seen with my friends and myself anytime in the past. Now things are different, but, you know, in the past it was like, oh, I'm hurt. You know, what should I do? Should I take like 
ibuprofen for inflammation or something because like you know you're asking like what should I do because I don't I was always like I don't take aspirin like I don't do anything and I was like suck it up buttercup because when I was younger um I had menorrhagia which is painful periods and I would be Mm -hmm. in horrific pain and I would get sick and I would also you know I've had migraines since I was seven and I remember yeah I would like I remember taking like 12 a leave and it's it did nothing taking like you know 10 Tylenol because like you just okay it's not working take more take more and the pain is so bad that nothing works I remember thinking like why do I bother I'm in so much pain and it doesn't matter what I do I'm gonna be in pain so why am I putting the shit in my body I'll, I'll just deal with it because I have to. And that was my mentality. So I don't like taking things unless I need to. Yeah. And um, I got hurt and I was going to the doctors and I ended up needing surgery. But beforehand, they gave me an injection and it was weird. It was like all of a sudden it just wore off and it felt like it was in my elbow and my arm and it felt like I got hit by a brick truck. A brick truck. <laughs> felt What's like I got, truck? I don't know, uh, like a brick wall, like a truck uh, hit me. And the pain was just so intense. So I called and I'm like, should I take something for the inflammation? So they're like, oh, yeah. And they were going to give me some like opiate. And I was just mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't, I've said, I don't want drugs. I just wanted to know for inflammation, like they an anti-inflammatory. Listen, they don't. And um, a friend of mine was dealing with a lot of, personal issues that were very heavy and she was going through a lot and she talked to her doctor about some depression and he instantly was just throwing scripts at her Mm -hmm. and she was like I didn't know if maybe there was like someone I can talk to she's like I've been trying to exercise and make sure I'm eating right maybe I can talk to somebody because you need a referral you know with everything and they're just trying to throw medication and it's like how have we gone so backwards with everything when you think about all the natural remedies we have and like what our earth gives us and what we can do as people just on our own to heal without anything and they're just breathing alone can help yes yeah yeah it does Mm -hmm. it really does but they just throw this shit at us because that's how they make money it's I don't want to get into this whole tangent about the pharmaceutical oh, company. Gosh. No, they do. Yeah. yeah. I worked in the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. Um, after I got sober, I had a relapse with cocaine and then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm back on track. I had ruined my, I had a deviated septum. So I decided to have it fixed. Yeah. And I told them, I was like, look, this is kind of like for me to fix it, but also like a promise to myself that I'm never going to put anything up my nose like and I told them I'm not gonna please don't prescribe me Vicodin because I used to love to pop Vicodin that's like love loved Vicodin just I would pop it like it was candy and so they're like are you sure they still prescribe me the Vicodin because my mom went to the pharmacy she's like oh I got your then I'm like I don't want it and that was the most painful surgery ever like my whole face was swollen but I refused to take anything I cried for like three days and I didn't I was like I'm not gonna do this like I'm just gonna breathe through it and just watch cartoons and try to forget about it because they don't care I had a therapist who would just give me um what was it Zoloft Zoloft. that is the worst 
Uh, they Those put are... me on Zoloft oh. and they started me on the low dose. And I swear to you, it made me feel the same way. Like when I was doing drugs, like that first beginning, like I say it makes the sun rise in your soul. Like that's how I felt about cocaine, but like, that's what Zoloft made me feel. And then after like two weeks, I was just in the dumps and the doctor's like, Oh yeah, no problem. Just going to up your dose in a month. What does that say? And I'm, and I had told them I have a history with drug addiction and alcohol abuse. And in like a month and a half, I had gone from like the lowest dose, which they didn't tart trait me or start me like one day on one day off. They just went right in. So of course my brain is like, yes, give me more. I was at, um, the 150 milligrams Holy! and it was making me feel, I didn't feel anything. I was like, I feel like I want to kill myself. Like I told them that. And then he's like, oh yeah. So, um, we're going to put you on the 250 now. So you're literally jumping like how much, right? Holy shit. He's like, but you have to get your liver checked because it's going to mess your liver. And I'm thinking here, I've already done so much damage to my body and I'm trying to fix it and I'm trying to fix this. So I ended up not doing the 250, which is not recommended. You shouldn't, if you're under care of pills, you should definitely, you know, taper taper off. off. Sure. I didn't taper off. Because I was like, if I can get off, co- I didn't taper off cocaine either, which was also not a good idea. Um, thankfully, thank the higher powers. I didn't have a seizure. I, I just had like the brain zaps, the same brain zaps that I felt when I got off drugs are the same brain zaps that I got when I got off Zoloft. What does that I say? Like, I was like, never again. And when my, gra- like, when my grandma passed away, I was also again, kind of in that suicidal. So they put me on... Um, Prozac. And I was like, okay, we're going to try it. We're going to try it. You know, I'm like, cause I'm feeling kind of off and I took it for like 20 days, but I, I was like, you know what, what am I doing? I need to face this. So I started going to group. I stopped. I also stopped. And then I went to group. I was going to therapy. I like went like three weeks. I got pulled myself out of work and just groups, one-on-one sessions Reiki healings, tarot readings, whatever I could find, but I won't do it again. I, I don't take anything now. Like if I have a headache, I'll figure out something. Um, I had surgery on my foot after my grandma had passed away. I had, um, they had to break all my toes cause I had hammer toes on mm. my right foot. So my Ooh. foot was like this, um, I didn't take anything. I think I took one Motrin one day because my foot was so swollen and I could feel like my little sausage toes were like <laughs> palpitating. Yeah. But other than that, I, didn't, I, haven't, I haven't taken anything. I don't, um, it's a mind over matter thing. It yeah, is. It really is. The doctors yeah. take that away from you, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, no, 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 no. Here. I was, I had, I had a psychiatrist prescribe me six pills six different pills and i was like what are what for what she's like well this is the anti-anxiety this is the anti-depression this is the mood stabilizer this one's gonna help you sleep and i was just i would just rip them up and i'm like this is a joke alex and i always joke around because anytime you watch um commercials for prescription medications side effects include and they go through this whole laundry list 
and it's usually inc- including death or, you know, including, you know, brain, like brain injuries and blah, 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 and serious things. Brain bleeds. Yeah. Oh, and and it's just yeah. like, you're worse off taking the medication than you are if you didn't. And it's for like blood pressure and you can, you can fix that naturally. And I mean, you can fix that with hypnotherapy. You can fix it, you know. Just naturally, there are ways to do to that. Changing your diet, like yeah, exercise, so simple. Like <laughs> depending yeah. on your lifestyle, what's causing it? What is it? Yeah, I mean, but people just want the easy way out. And mm-hmm. give me a pill. We are an instant I mean, gratification society. Give yeah, me a pill. And it's like here. I don't want to do any you. work. Yeah. Yep. Simple. It's mm-hmm. just. It's. I mean, I was a pharmacy tech for almost three years. And that was just like, Oh, I want to be a pharmacy tech, you know? And I worked in this pharmacy. I'd never interacted, um, with patients at this job, Mm -hmm. but I just saw the same, you know, I see the name like Jane Doe. Oh, oh, there she, Oh, wow. She's got more pills. Oh, they gave her a hundred instead of 30. And then you would just see it's, it's never getting less. It's always more, you know? And I was so depressed at that job too, because I was just like, I was having physical symptoms because I was, it, it was a closed door pharmacy with robots. So yeah. I was just filling, like opening hundreds of bottles and filling these robots and programming them. And they would just fill, fill, but all the powders and the dust, I mean, oh, I had yeah. rashes and Jeez. You know, I like, I don't want to, why, this is why I have a sleeping problem. Maybe because, you know, this yeah stuff in the air and. I just left all of that behind. Um, I mean, there's people with good intentions, but a lot of these doctors just care about the paycheck. and They do. And I think there's true. a lot of doctors mm-hmm. because the pharmaceutical companies, they lie and they, well, they, say, they, they tell doctors certain things. So the doctors think they're doing good, you know, and there are definitely because, you know, I worked in medicine. And you have these these pharmacy reps who come in, these mm-hmm. pharmaceutical reps, and they come in, they give vacations. They're they so bring flashy. Yes, they bring goodies <laughs> to the office. This one rep I used to uh, deal with, she had the mink fake eyelashes. Mm-hmm. Like very, I forget what kind of car she had, but it was like a really fancy car. You know how like some fancy cars you never hear of because they're so like fancy and exotic and you're like, like I remember like hearing about like an Aston Martin and I'm like, is that, that's what's that? <laughs> it's so <laughs> fancy <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, she, like one of those and um but it's like she's she's rolling in the dough or at least trying to portray that image of it but comes in with all these goodies for everyone in the office and then oh we're gonna do a vacation and the doctors get to go on vacation and I'm just thinking like you're bribing these people that's what you're doing. You're bribing people. I'm like, I'll take the candy, but I'm not giving you shit. But (laughs) that's me. But not everyone's like that. It's funny because when I was doing my pharmacy tech externship, I had to do some hours and they sent me to this pharmacy. It was like in the ghetto, like, and they needed a Spanish speaker. So that's why I got placed there. But they had a pharmaceutical rep. um, He had a Maserati, flashy, you know, Prada, the sunglasses and everyone just like, Oh, that's the pharmaceutical wrap, you know? And it was for the, um, diabetes. And I was like, of mm-hmm. course, because 
here we are in this uh, area, it's not a good area, mostly Latino and African Americans who do suffer from diabetes, they mm-hmm. are affected by it. And it was like this pen. So instead of them having the, the vial mm-hmm. and the syringe, they can like have this little pen and just, yeah. and it's like, has multiple. It like, tells you your dosage yeah. goes down. Yeah. And he was like, oh, this is how it works and brought us lunch. And, and in my mind at that time, I was like, "Ooh, I want to be a pharmaceutical rep. I want this lavish lifestyle. And then working there, changed my view, you know, dealing with insurance. Insurance didn't want to cover. Um, I remember this woman, she spoke Spanish. Her son had seizures and he had ran out of medication and the insurance was like, no, too bad. Yeah. And it's just like, I was on the phone for like an hour. I was like going off. Like he has no more, like he's having too many seizures. He already made the appointment yeah. the doctor, but they don't care. They just see dollar signs. Yeah. And that's oh. just. I want to share something about the insurance companies because working in the medical field, this is what I had learned from the billing department. Doctor's offices have to inflate their prices because let's say you get a medication that like you use in office and it's a hundred dollars and you're like, okay, you know, it's a hundred dollars. And then we tack on how much it is to give it to you to dose it out, whatever the fact may be, if we're injecting it in you, whatever. So let's say like, you know, it comes out to like 150 bucks. Well, insurance is going to say, oh, well, we're only going to give you 50. So then we have to bring the price up to $500 so we can make the money we were supposed to make. And, and that's why a lot of places, if you're just paying in cash, they'll give you like a 30% discount. Mm-hmm. But that's how insurance companies work. It's not like a, this is the price and they pay it. It's a, oh no, we pick and choose how much we want to pay and if we want to pay. And so when you go to your doctor's appointment, I was always like, I'm going to wait till I have a whole ton of things wrong before I go. Yeah. But. If you do that, you have to pay more because if you go for just a yearly physical, only so much is included. And if you do anything like, oh, by the way, my allergies have been bothering me. Should I up my Claritin? Well, they notate that, oh, discussed increasing Claritin. The insurance company is going to go, that's not an annual. That's a consult. And we're not paying for the annual. And it's just that kind of bullshit that they do that costs us so much money. And how are they allowed to get away with this shit? And it just blows my mind because I'm not for government regulation. But if the government's going to get involved with insurance, then get involved with the companies and not allow them to pull this shit instead of affecting the Americans and what well, we have to no. pay. Well, well, yeah, let's not get into politics, but that is a... That's a recent insurance kind of thing. That's within the last like 15 years. It hasn't always been that way. Yeah, but I'm saying with, with all these things, all these people who can't even afford insurance. You don't want, the worst thing you can do is get the government involved. Don't get involved. the government involved. That's but the worst I'm just saying, thing. If, if they were to do it, they're doing it, like that, they're going even a worse way about it, mm-hmm. you know? But it's just like the insurance companies get away with this. But why? Because they have deep pockets, just like the pharmaceutical companies. There you have it. Yeah. yeah. But it, it, yeah, it's terrible. You and know what's the best insurance though? Being healthy. Just, yeah. Eat right, exercise, be healthy. Happy. Happy. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the best insurance. Mm-hmm. Being able to <laughs> breathe it. through your pain. <laughs> that's, uh, you know. <laughs> Suffering second degree burns on your fingertips. Like, 
fucking breathe through it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Just saying. That's my yeah. two cents. That's crazy, though. The just, eef, yeah. It's uh, it's crazy, horrible, yeah. bad. It is. But it, this is our reality that we live in. It it so. is. And you've talked a lot about you know with your addiction and everything you've gone through on your podcast. And I just I want to switch gears a little bit because more recently you brought up your Catholic upbringing in the church. And that was a really heavy episode, but it was so, it was so good. And I was so happy that you put it out. Thank you. You, No, absolutely. You're welcome. Because listening to that episode, there was so much growing up. I've talked about on the show before. I felt like I never had a good relationship with the Catholic church. I always would sit there feeling like, I feel like we're being lectured. Like there's no celebration of faith. It's more like mournful. It just, it never felt good. It never felt right for me. And going, I had, you mentioned you had the choice to confirm or not. I I didn't. It was like, do CCD, do your confirmation, then you can do whatever. What's the confirmation? So when you're like 15 years old, Mm. so like you get baptized when you're a baby. Okay. And then you do your first communion when, like seven or something, like you're young. Yeah. Well, I was baptized late. I was baptized at seven. All right. And then I did my first communion about eight or nine. Yeah, because I think it's around like maybe seven or eight. Okay. Mm -hmm. You do your first communion. And then when you're about like 15-ish, you do your confirmation. And that's basically giving your confirmation of faith. It's like the holy trinity of baptism, first communion, and confirmation to get like your... Oh, your foot okay. in the door of being Catholic. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> so, so like you'll get into heaven now. Is that like kind of how you're accepted by the church? You can I go see. up for communion okay. when you get you confirmed. Can get married by the church. Yes. If you are, if you confirm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, I was raised Greek Orthodox, which is very similar as far as like the way they do their ceremonies and everything. Pretty much the almost, Almost identical to Catholic as far as like the religion and and like what they say and that kind of thing, except our priests can get married and have kids. So there's not like all the weird, weird pedophilia, homosexuality, all that kind of stuff that you you find in the Catholic church. The repressed sexual urges by people because they can't just love who they love. Kind of. I want to get married, but I can't because I'm, you know, committed to God. Yeah. Yeah. So there's not all that. And we, we get like. There's, I say we get, like I haven't gone to church in forever, but uh, like uh, baptized when, when, you know, baby, Mm -hmm. you know, six, eight months old, whatever it is. And then that's it. You you can get communion, whatever you want. Like you could just go up and get it. You don't do a confirmation, Mm -hmm. none of that kind of stuff. So that's why I was asking the questions because I wasn't familiar with what that part of it is. So I guess in that aspect, we're different, but. Or yeah. the religions are different, I should say. Yeah, I mean a bit. It's kind of like along mm-hmm. the same lines. But yeah, I never had that connection. I remember they make you do a confession to uh, go for your confirmation. We don't have that. And that, that that's another thing. Sorry, that, that's yeah. another thing that I don't think that they don't have like a confessional booth in any of the Greek Orthodox churches I've ever been in. I'm sure if you wanted to meet with a priest, you could probably do that. But I don't think that's a thing well, that's like the way they did it. It wasn't even our priest at the church. It was a different priest coming in because they'd like bus us in 
for because it was like for the high school mm-hmm. and for everyone from the town they bust us in and we went to the church and we were did everything in like this big room and then like they talk and then they'd have us like wait outside and it would be one-on-one and you'd go in with one of the priests and you'd sit down and I just remember like I didn't do anything wrong. Like, I, I was like, this is bullshit. Like, I don't want to play by this rule. And, and I was like, I basically, like, made something up because I was like, no. I, you know, if God loves me and God forgives me if I make a mistake, then I don't need to do this. Exactly. And he's like, well, if you want to get confirmed, I said, I don't. My mom does. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I was, like, so rebellious, you know, like, punk rock, fuck you. Yeah. Like, and that's always, like, how I've been like anytime something didn't feel right I just rebel against it like I don't want to do this and I dig my heels in and that's how I felt about the church and then getting older and learning about what the Catholic Church does they basically bulldoze what they want they bulldoze their way over other cultures and societies they take over sacred lands and where these these sacred temples and and lands are where people go to worship they build their spots there they build their churches there and because they know the power of of these like these people's beliefs and you had talked about praying you need to pray hard enough in your episode going to church and they're saying if you want something you need to pray you need to pray hard enough and all I'm thinking is just they're teaching you to manifest wrong they don't want you to do it right they're Mm -hmm. teaching you to pray so you think you're manifesting because it comes from God but it's coming from you but they're not letting you do it the right way but if you do get if something happens and you do get what you want, it's because of God. It's because of the church. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 such a racket. Oh, the whole thing from top to bottom. Re- every religion is such a yeah. organized. It's organized, organized crime. Religion is organized crime. It's essentially what it is. I mean, jeez. But anyway, I don't want to go. Like on the you tangent. just t- think about like all the money they make, and I'm I'm oh, sorry, gosh. wars, slaughtering people. You know, Jesus talks about love. Does he really want you going out and slaughtering people? Well, it depends on what version of the Bible you read or what, you know, that's the thing. There's no like uniformity in any of it. So it's all. We got Jesus who like was raised in the Middle East. who's white as a cracker, you know? I I don't know. The whole thing's just crazy. It just doesn't make sense. Something's askew. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. None of this stuff, none of it makes sense at all. It's, it's just a. It's a control mechanism. Can you learn good things? Mechanism. Can you learn like moral values and things like that? Sure, of course you can. Can you take some things that, you know, maybe seem right and maybe live your life by, you know, have a set of values? Yeah, of course you can. But you look at all the other stuff, it's like so much double speak and so many, you know, so much hypocrisy. Like you have you you go and co- and confess to a, a priest. You sit and you tell him you're you're supposed to tell him all your deepest darkest secrets. And then this guy is on the other side. Who knows what he's doing in the darkened area? You know, if you're it, it, you know confessing, say some sexual deviance or something. And then this guy's going on abusing altar boys. You but know what I mean? Why do they so, Why do they need that? So they can have information over you. It's it, they it's like a blackmail confess, racket. Exactly. So they can have power it's, over of, you. Of course. If God really forgives, it doesn't matter. You can say, like, I fucked up. I'm sorry. I see my way. I want to do better. 
okay, you don't have to confess shit because you confess to God, not to man. That's how I see it. Exactly. And I remember my first confession. I remember it. And I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But I did it. And he's like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah in Spanish, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, oh, I don't clean my room. I hit my brother on the head. Like, I didn't know, like, what am I supposed to say? You know, sure. so I was just like, um, I told my mom that I did my homework, but I didn't do it. But then I did it later. Like, I just made stuff up. And then, oh. I put poison right. in Miss Johnson's tea because she's a cunt. <laughs> Yeah, she died. (laughs) You know, like, what the fuck? What? Yeah, it's just, but I do feel that they take, like, the predators definitely keep in mind, like, oh, little Johnny, let me keep him in mind. And Mm -hmm. when I see him, like, you know, they, predatory behavior, but I just, my two confessions were like total BS. Like, oh, I lied. I took a candy from my mom. Like, just dumb stuff. Where yeah, I was like, it's like, I'm yeah. naughty. It's yeah. fucking bullshit. And, and that's the thing, like, you know, I brought it before. Like, when you're a kid, like, you know inside what's right and what's wrong. Like, you know with people. There are some people you just get a bad feeling from, and you don't want to go near him. And then you have somebody who's like, oh, no, no. You know, your aunt comes over or something. Give him a hug. And you're just like, keep them away from me. I'm not comfortable. And it's that pushing you as a child when you're not comfortable. Things inside that just don't feel right and pushing you like, oh, no, no, you're wrong. That is how so many people are brought up. And what is it doing? Don't trust your instinct. Do what other people tell you is right, not what you feel is right. And, and that's why, like, with our kids, no, like, we're not going to push you. If, if you get a bad feeling, okay, no, it's okay. Yeah, that's how we are with my niece. Like, she didn't want to hug someone. I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. You don't have to. That's it. Yeah. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like, oh, you have to do. And then they guilt you into it. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, conditioning you to, like, when you're older, someone guilts you into something, you just do it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah, and I still, like, I was talking to Alex earlier, like, that guilt that I struggle with, with things, it it lingers, and I work on it Mm -hmm. every day of that initial, it's, like, instinct of feeling guilty, and then having to say, no, this is not right, I should not have to feel guilty over this, Yeah, and it's work, but because it's so ingrained, like, that's why it's work, yeah, Yeah. but once you, yeah, but which now you've realized it, you've recognized Mm -hmm. it, now you work on it. It's not going to be work pretty soon. It's going to be just, uh, okay. But the fact that that happens, what does that say about society? Is that a question you want an answer to? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, what the fuck? Where do we start? Oh, well, let's see. It's heavy. It's like, you know, with that podcast episode, I, it came up. I wasn't going to record. Someone told me that I could still be saved. That bothered me. Oh, you mentioned that. That pissed me off. And I almost responded. And then I was like, I'm not going to respond because I was going to do, did you ever watch The Simpsons? Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, Ralphie Wiggum? Yeah. You know what? Like, what is it? Like something's on fire and he's picking his nose. He's like, I'm helping. And I was going to do that meme of just like, this is her. (laughs) Like, this is those people. Like when you do that shit. That's how you come off, like a fucking moron thinking you're helping. Yeah. But I was like, I'm going to take the high road. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, thanks for telling me I'm going to hell or still have time to be saved. And it's like, 
Who said I wanted to be saved? So they yeah. told you this after the episode came out? No. So yeah. this was before. Oh, this before. is what motivated me. So oh, okay. I, I got a picture from a follower with her tarot, her tarot, her oracle, her books. And, I, and she had sent the photo and I was like, oh my gosh, so cool. Like, she's like, I'm getting rid of all of this because I found Jesus and you still have time to be saved. And I was like, Honey, because I right. found Jesus and he loves me as I am. So we must be speaking about the same, the, the two different Jesuses can't be the same you guy. Found, you found Jesus? No, I'm just saying like, no, like I look at Jesus Christ. Oh. Like, yeah, I found him a long time ago. You look at what he does and the message he gives, you know, like. That that just, sh- that's, again, it, and we could do, gosh, start a podcast just about this. But it's, that's the human condition. That's humans. We need something to follow. We need to look up to somebody, to follow somebody's example. That's, I mean, that's just how we are as humans. So and it's okay to that's, do that. Yeah. So, yeah. But allow so, people to but go do what they want. That Well, that's just it. And so, I mean, I hate to say it, but I, I feel like people that do that kind of thing, it's, they're, they're trying to do the right thing, I guess. Or they think they're or doing they the right thing. Or they think they're doing the right thing. But it's like... I, I saw something the other day, and I can't remember exactly, so I'm going to probably butcher but I'm going to try to get it out because it made sense when I saw it, and I loved it. When you die, you're not aware of all the pain you're causing to people around you, but the people around you are feeling pain because they miss you, and, and you're gone. Mm-hmm. The same thing happens when you're stupid. <laughs> I think I said that right. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing <laughs> if same you're thing. stupid. You're stupid. You're acting stupid, but you don't realize it. But everyone around you is like, what the fuck? What's wrong with this person? You're not helping. You're being stupid. Like, how is this helping? Same thing. By sending that message, how are you helping? How You're is that not. kind in any way? Or how is that like Jesus? You're saying like exactly. I'm burning in hell. Yeah, basically. I've had people say that. Um, but it's fine. I'm like, cool. Well, thanks. But like, do you know that we actually, there's no heaven or hell. We just keep going Moving yeah through the- we're eternal this this is a vessel if this is our last podcast everybody this is why because we're trashing <laughs> religion <and> we're <laughs> the catholic kick- church is coming for us oh, we're, it's all done oh my God. it's all done after this yeah yeah that's okay. how i felt about my episode too i was like well if <laughs> Go out in a blaze of glory, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Both guns blazing. Yeah. (laughs) Can I get an amen? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. It's like you're being honest with your truth, your feelings, your experiences. So we all come from different backgrounds and you can have such totally different upbringings and still be so similar to people. Or you could have similar upbringings and be totally different. Like, we're, but we all have our own path, our own journey, and it's nobody's place to say like yours is wrong. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. And, and let me make it clear too. Like, I'm not dogging anybody that's religious or no. believes in religion or anything. I just don't appreciate when people push it and right. say you have to do this or or you're going to hell or whatever. I don't appreciate that stuff. If you found something that makes you happy and makes you a better person, yeah, absolutely. That's Awesome. Awesome. Unfortunately, a lot of what I saw with people who touted their religion, they were terrible people and they were the most judgmental people. And I just was like, you, you could be a serial killer going to church every Sunday. It doesn't matter. It's what you do every day in your life. How do you treat people? 
Are you a good person? Are you kind? Are you giving? What do you do? How do you improve things for others? And that's why in my podcast, I was like, this is my perspective of how I saw religion and how I tried to come back to it and realize that the priest that I looked up to was a horrible person. And that's, um, that's my reality. And if, but if you have a great priest who is awesome and you guys are doing stuff, great. That's awesome. Yeah, sure. again, awesome. that's great. But, you know, people are, people get so easily offended because they are not listening to understand. They're already listening to try to like shoot and fire back at you. They're you on know? the defensive. Yeah. 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 You're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. The days of having just a conversation or hearing an opposing viewpoint, they seem like they're behind us now, unfortunately. But you're right. That's, that's the thing. It, it's everybody now. They're, they're looking to be offended. Most people, I hate to say it, but you know, they're looking to, yeah, that that's, that's what it is. Everybody's looking to be upset about yeah. something rather than just let's, Hey, let's talk. And I feel like sometimes some, one of the hardest things you can do is just listen, mm-hmm. just keep your mouth closed and, and not just like hear what's being said, but take it in and Process really, it. yes, digest it, you know, like think about it, sit on it. I think that's like one of the hardest things for so many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many people don't listen. They don't want to listen because they're already ready to tell you what they want to tell you. Yeah. And part of communication, I took this training at work and I was like, oh, let's see what this is about. But they even say that like communication is listening, processing, and then speaking. And I think that we've, lost some of that process because sometimes and also like people feel the need to give a response right away like Mm -hmm. you know oh they didn't text me right away or why didn't they say something right away like we expect that we take away that time to process and like how do I feel about this should I respond in a react like why are we reacting why aren't we just responding yeah you know because I have clients who don't like tarot they're not comfortable with it because of their religion. Mm. I respect that. Sure. Cool. Like I I hear you and I respect you and I'm glad that you support me though. And, Mm -hmm. um, in my other, my Reiki practice. Awesome. Like, why is it so hard? Why do we want everyone to fit into our own box? Yeah. I think it's a comfort. It's a comfort thing because if you fit in my box, then it's okay. It's comfortable. But if you don't, that's uncomfortable. I don't know how that's going to feel or I don't like how that feels. Mm. But instead of saying, did you ever have like a pair of jeans and they were awesome, but you have to break them in? Like you have to wear them a bit till they like get comfy and good. But then they're awesome because they look great and then they get comfortable. But people Mm -hmm. don't want to do that. They don't want to break it in. They don't want to say like, this is kind of uncomfortable, even though it's good information. Ugh, like they don't want to take allow that to enter because it's uncomfortable instead of just saying okay and, and there have been times we've had guests where I'm just processing and I get really quiet because I'm just like I don't know what to say because I'm absorbing all of this <laughs> and it's it's almost overwhelming because I'm trying to make sure I'm comprehending everything as it was said and that I get it but it's like 
you know, even like we'll, we'll get in conversations and I get quiet. Well, I'm just processing. That's okay. Just I'm processing this right now. Yeah. Or just say, Hey, you know, um, something that I do sometimes is like, Hey, I got your text. I'm still kind of marinating on it, but I'll get back to you. You know, especially when it's like, Oh, some intense family situation. It's like, I got your text or like with my, my parents are very, um, like I have to be available all the time, you know, with my family, but if I need someone, they're never available. So I'm learning this new, Oh, I saw your call, but right now I'm busy. I will get back to you later. It's like boundaries too. Like people don't respect like the communication boundaries as well. Like, why do you need an email right away? Do you need it right away? Do you need a message right this second? But it's that instant gratification where we're not even like thinking anymore. We just, Oh, I want this. I, I Mm want a response. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Well, what you said, it, it made me realize with actions too, like when you like with no people will ask for help. They don't really need. They just don't want to do the work themselves. Correct. And for me, it took a long time to get my boundary to say no. And once I did that, I'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm not able to do that. They push and they use guilt and they try to find ways because it's easier to get you to do it than for that. Because they don't, even though it's like something so easy, it's like, but I just rather have someone else do it. I just don't want to do it. Of course. And it's those boundaries. It's with listening it's with you know accepting no as an answer there, there's it's on so many levels uh when my grandmother was dying I was the one making the decisions because none of the adults my mom her brother and her sister wouldn't everyone would have to text me the doctor said this and I'm like you went to the appointment I'm at work I'm dealing with all these things that you don't know about you know and then I'm like okay well I'll email the doctor and I always got guilted into I'll do it. I'll do it. No problem. Oh yeah. I know it's, it's midnight uh, responding to texts at midnight, consoling people at midnight when I'm already not sleeping. And then the day I say, Hey guys, we need hospice for grandma. She's probably not going to make it by, you know, maybe not by the end of this month. Who knows? I was this horrible person to the point where I was right. I didn't boast about it. No one wants to be like, hey, I was right that my grandma didn't make yeah. it, you know? Yeah. And I still don't talk to some of that family. They just, like, the, some people can't handle the boundaries. And then it makes me question, do you really love me or did you just love what I did for you? I, I think it's they can't handle... They didn't want to hear what you had to say, regardless if it's truth, not to pull out the Jack Nicholson, but you can't handle the truth. And because you're the one delivering the truth, because I see it a lot, people who are being honest and saying, even though like nobody's going to like to hear this, this is what's going on. It's like shoot the messenger. I, I think deep inside they know, but they can't accept it. And it's so painful then instead it's easier to shut people off. Even though deep down they know, but it's just like for so many layers up to the surface, shut it off. And and that comes to not being able to like, you know, face your fears, not being able to face truths because it hurts. 
it's painful. It's work. And people just, they're not ready to do that. Some people are never ready to do that. Some people, it takes longer. Some people are like, fuck yeah, let's do it. But everyone's different. But it's not fair to the people who are trying to do the right thing. Right. And people want to take and take and take. But then when you say, no, I can't. Well, why not? And that, that drives me nuts. Like when people say no, and it's like, but why? No, the answer was no. Yeah. <laughs> there shouldn't be like a, oh, you're trying to dig out the why. It's like, yeah. no, I just, I don't want to. Yeah, you should and have I'm to quantify that. that. Yeah. Yeah, my niece. I'm like, do you want to do something? I tell her, if a teacher, I don't care if it's a teacher, it's a doctor, whoever, if you don't want to do something, you say no. Because yeah. we were conditioned to believe Listen to the policeman, listen to your doctor, listen to your teacher, listen to your priest, and not listen to our inside voice. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one reason I've always been an over-explainer, because I've had the people who push, no, no, thank you. Oh, why not? And I feel like I have to pre, because of that over time, you have to preemptively explain everything so they don't ask. Like you have to have it all ready because I do, I do that. it's like, okay, it's, it's like getting your guns, making sure that your guns are fully loaded and ready to draw because it's like you're waiting for it to come. It's like you're preparing for the gunfight, but there's really no gunfight. You're just making, making yeah. it up in your mind. Like exactly. I do that. Like I missed like a group meditation and I was like, Hey, sorry, I missed the group meditation because I had to do this, 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 this. And then like, I got the response, like, you don't have to explain yourself. It's okay. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) my bad. (laughs) I just gave you like a whole paragraph for no reason. (laughs) I I think, I think there, I feel like there's going to be the people who totally get it because that's what they went through. The always constant need. And I wonder, is it more female than male? I, I'm curious. Like, do more females experience that? Like, well, why? Why no? It was just something that popped in my head. Because, like, did you ever go through that? I just... Uh, like, when you said uh, no, did people respect it? Or did they push you and try to... You had to have a good enough excuse for no. No. For me, it was always no. <laughs> just I, I would just say no. So maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it is a female thing that they, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm just wondering. But yeah, it's uh, like, I feel like you either get it because that's happened to you where you're just, your no is not good enough until the other person, like, and I'm not saying one person in general, but just in your life, it's too many people who say your no is not good enough until I feel it's good enough. And I will accept nothing but a yes. And unless I feel your no is acceptable, that reason is good. Oh, I can't hear you. Sorry, my yeah. mic was like freaking out. Oh. Uh, my dad was like that. He was like, you can't tell me no. You never tell me no. So that was like programmed in me. So when I was like in relationship, I never said no, even if I was like being mistreated because he never said no. Like it all, it's all like so much, um, I, with all the healing and stuff that I've been doing, it's like, you know, my dad, my dad and I are close. He's my dad. I love him. He didn't have a dad. So he's navigating this whole parenting thing 
there's no book. You're yeah. not perfect, yeah. you know. But he was always like, you don't tell me no. Whatever I say goes, you know. So then. My dad was the same way. It's like, you don't cry. If I got hurt, you better not cry. My dad was a doctor, so it was like, you better go get your stuff and clean your wounds. Like, if I got hurt, it was never like, oh, you got hurt. Are you okay? It was like, go get the alcohol. Go get the gauze. Why are you crying? So it was just like, I just internalizing. And then you don't realize that when you're a teenager and you have all these feelings and emotions and all these crazy hormones and you meet the wrong person. Oh, that's how it's supposed to be, but it's not. Yeah. Mm. Especially recently, I've just been thinking about why people are the way they are. And you know how you meet people who are weird or they're really annoying or whatever it is that bothers you about them? And I think, well, why are they like that? What fucking trauma did they undergo that made them that way, that make them act like that? And it's like, because we all have traumas, but we all react differently. Some people, you know, they go within. Some people go like the opposite and they're extra extroverted because it's almost like a defense mechanism of this is how I have to be because I don't want people, you know, going within. So I have to put it out there. Like there's all these different ways that people react to it. But just recently I've been thinking about like we, we listen to people or we like we talk to people or we see posts from people and it's so like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then like, I was like, what the, instead of that, it's like, what the fuck happened to you? You know, but again, so many people just kind of, they judge and like, oh, well, you're annoying. I don't want to deal with that instead of like, are you okay? Yeah, or what? Who hurt you? Yeah. like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. For real, it's like, who hurt you in your life that you're this way? Because I'm in this kundalini practice. I'm on day 15 and uh, my teacher was talking about having compassion instead of being reactive or judgmental why don't we have compassion for even a not a good person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's really hard for me to have compassion for some people but it's like again i don't know what happened in your life and why you're this person yeah. you know like murderers and stuff it's like what did your parents do to you like something what happened? Something. Yeah, something yeah. happened. Something happened, right, yeah. And it, it makes me think, I think I've shared this story on here before, but it's so fitting. So when I worked in veterinary medicine, we would fill prescriptions. And Saturdays were always the busiest time. And we'd ask for at least 24-hour notice so we could get your prescription filled for your pet. And it was a really busy Saturday. The place was packed. We we're running around like chickens with our head cuts off, uh, heads cut off. And this older guy comes in. I need a prescription filled. He was such a dick. And it's like, okay, did you call it in already? No. I need it filled now. And I'm like, okay, well, there's a bit of a wait just because we're really busy. He's like, I need it right away. And it's not like, oh, I'll just go fill it. We have to have a doctor approve it. Are there refills? If not, a doctor, like, even if there are, a doctor still needs to approve it. There's a process. And when all the doctors are in a room, you can't just pull out a doctor from a room. So... He was such a jerk, but I was still trying to be nice because it's just how I am. And I ended, I filled his medication, and he was so rude to me, and I just wanted to, like, go off on him. But I'm like, 
No, because what does that do? It doesn't do anything. Well, after I give him the medication, he's just like, thank you. He goes, and it's like so hard not to cry when I say this story because it's like, he's like, this has to work. If it doesn't work, it means she has cancer. And I I can't deal with that. And you realize it's like, he's a dick because he is so scared. His dog, his best friend, the only thing he has in this world right now is going to die. And he needs this medication because he needs it to work. And it's pain. Yeah. And some people don't know how to express themselves properly when they're going through pain. So then we react to that aggressiveness or that anger, not thinking like, oh, I wonder what they're going through. You're reacting because that energy is coming to you in such a way. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's like. It was such a good lesson for me. Like, I'm so glad I wasn't a jerk back to him. Yeah. And and that's why, like, I always try to take the high road. I'm not perfect, but I try. Yeah. I I try because you don't know what people are going through. And it's like, I know there have been times where I probably was annoying or not in the best mood. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I was going through something. And kindness goes so much further even if it seems like people don't appreciate it, maybe not at that moment, but I'm sure at some point they will. And and that's why I think it's just so important to like just pause. And like we've been saying, just listen. Don't just listen with your ears. Like take it in, you know, absorb it and kind of feel it out and, and just say like, am I deserving of this behavior? No. But does it do any good to throw it back at them? Usually not. Gasoline on a fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's that old saying? Two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. But yeah. And, and again, just like with so much that you put out there of yourself, I feel like so many people can relate in so many different ways because you've been through so much and you're actually you're in the process of writing a book, correct? Yeah. Will you share a little bit about that with us? So I'm going to write a, well, I'm in the process of writing a book about, so um, when I was addicted to drugs, there was a lot of crime, uh, a lot of criminal activity that took place uh, involving uh, drug dealers, firearms, um, road trips where I ended up in other states because I was just so far gone. Um, so it was kind of like touching on the adventures um, of that, um, you know, driving with drugs in a car, crossing state lines, doing just a lot of things that people just would be totally shocked in hearing. And I started writing it mm-hmm. um, And I think I was on Conrad's podcast and we had chatted a little bit about it. And I had told him um, I was the driver and the shooter, but I never had to shoot um, because that's kind of like what my day-to-day was um, at some point. And so I started writing the first chapter and I was like, maybe like two pages in and I'm like bawling and (laughs) I'm laughing now because I'm like, oh my gosh, Nicole, like, 
you really did not care at all. Like, what were you doing? Like, you could have been killed. There's like, see, like I've made an outline of everything that I'm going to talk about in the book. And I'm like, I could have been killed, murdered, sequestered uh, multiple times. Um, so it's kind of like, whoa, I should be really grateful. Like, I was like crying and I'm like, I should be really grateful that I'm alive. <laughs> that I did it. Also, there was a three-letter agency that was um, aware of me, but I talk, I'm going to talk about that too, but they never got me. So here I am. Woo! It has yeah, the statute so- of limitations on any crimes <laughs> run out? That is correct. It Woo! has All right. passed. Okay, so I can so, discuss so that really. Yes. There you go. Nicole's nice. a deviant. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm a total deviant. But yeah, statute of limitations has passed. People were charged. They have already been um, released from prison. So... It's just so funny because I've always been the goody little, like little goody two shoes. Oh, <laughs> like, follow the rules. Like, I'm such a rebel, but I'm still that like a good girl. Until... I started doing drugs and then, wow. yeah, I made sure I was like, let me check statute of limitations. Of course, yeah. I'm going to be like, not all of these stories, maybe. I mean, because I also have to be honest and say my recollection of a lot of these yeah. events were, were when I was under the influence. But um, it's how you remember yeah. it. Yeah. When you're writing, do you feel like you have, like, you go in intending to write about something, but something else comes out? Yeah. Then I'm like, oh wait, but this happened. And I'm like, oh, go back, go back. And then I, yeah. So, and I actually have decided I'm going to do two books, part one and like a part two, just because there's this point where my life changed. A lot of people got arrested and I didn't, um, you know, um, I was told by other people like, Hey, you're in these photographs, you, your name, you know, they don't know your name, but you're in these photographs. And I used to wear like really big sunglasses because I didn't want any sunlight to come because I was like a vampire. Um, so there's pictures, but no one ever talked to me directly. Someone did go to my parents' house, but my dad is like, doesn't trust anyone. He's like, who are you get out of here. And I think it was that but part one is going to be more of like all the criminal stuff and part two is going to be how I thought I had let that lifestyle go and then I ended up going to another city and kind of starting that lifestyle again (laughs) that's like my relapse and then really getting my life together I can't wait to read it because it's like you've gone through such a journey and look where you are look where it's brought you like just like where you are as a person Mm -hmm. it's so amazing friend who he was involved in all of this too um and I talk to him from time to time and he's like you have to share your story he's like you're like the the criminal turned healer. And I'm just like, Oh, don't use that word. But he's like, (laughs) tell your story because he's like, everything they show us is such BS. Like, but you can be a a bad person. I mean, I I know I'm not a bad person, but at the time I didn't, you can do bad things. Yeah. You can do bad and make bad choices. You can be good. Yeah. You know, you're not stuck in that box. Your, your story is one of hope. It's like, Mm -hmm. I went from this 
to this. It can be done. It's it's a hard road. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not unicorns and butterflies and flowers. It's a lot of tears and death and sadness. It, it's that pain, but I think that's why you're so relatable because you share that pain because we all have pain of our own. And it just, it, it makes you realize like, fuck, you know, like I feel that pain. Like it might be a different kind of pain, but it's like, I feel that pain. And it just, it helps. It helps hearing like, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one feeling like this. I'm not the only one thinking this way. I'm not the only one who's fucked up. I, and, and I, I can make a positive difference. I can change things if I want to. So it's a very good story of hope. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I, I, I have my days where I write and I'm just like, wow, all right. You know, and then some days I'm like just typing away, but yeah, I haven't set a deadline. I feel like deadlines kind of make me a little anxious. So I'm kind of just going with the flow. Um, I also thought about, once I get a good amount written, maybe share excerpts here and there just to kind of like get the excitement for it. Yeah, sure. But it's, um, it's cool to, to connect with people. I think a lot of these influencers are very superficial and fake. And it's like, I'm not here like telling you that I exercise and sometimes I order like three boba teas in a week because I love them and I want a donut, you know, I'm not claiming to be like someone I'm not, I'm a human. We're all human. We have our own life. We can eat the burger. If you want it, eat the salad. If you want it, don't feel guilty. Have that beverage. If you want it, if you want a non-alcoholic beverage, do that. Like, don't let anyone make you feel bad. Like don't absorb that guilt. Exactly. And that's what drives me nuts about this world it's like you see all these like young kids who are like worried about how they look and it's like this can go away this can be taken away mm-hmm. you know I have my friend um justin who who talks to me about my book he was shot at a party and he's in a wheelchair now and he's the most positive person and i hope to have him on my podcast because the positivity that comes out of his mouth it's like you, your legs don't work and we take so much for granted and we're not grateful and we're not happy. And it's just like perspective and the media and everyone just gives us this like skewed, hopeless, dark perspective. But what if there is happiness and light at the end? Because there is. Yes. And friendship. And it's like, why does there have to be drama? Like you, I, I consider you both like friends now that I've met you and, (laughs) <laughs> just meeting people online and yeah. it's like yeah it's not about like you know the i don't watch um, reality tv because it gives me it gives me a lot of anxiety but um why do you have to like fight why do we have to fight why can't we just get along and why do we I'm have to fall everyone. into the drama yeah i'm not for everyone either if you don't like me hey that's cool like i hope you find someone that you like that can inspire you to do better and if i'm not that person sorry not sorry and it took me a while. I keep hitting the table. I'm sorry. It took me a while to get there too because I was a people pleaser mm-hmm. and I needed everybody to like me. And part of that was being an empath because I needed to feel that happiness. I needed to make people happy and feel good. And it took a long time to finally like work on my boundaries and be like, 
you don't like me. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I don't it's care. It's so freeing. It's so freeing because I used to be like, why didn't they talk to me? Why don't they like me? Why didn't? What did they do and it's wrong? Like, it's just because maybe you just they didn't like it, like they or they don't vibe with you. Yeah, like some people like tea, some like coffee. You know, it's it's okay. Yeah. yeah. Were you gonna say something? Um, no. Oh, I just I wanted to get in because I had a guiding light session with you. Really? Yes. And so, so great. yeah, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna open and I'm gonna share some stuff because I think it's important to, yeah, she, she, I, I'll cut you off real quick. She came downstairs from that and was like beaming, like so happy. Oh. I'm like, okay, so it went well. All right. So let's hear a little <laughs> bit about it, but go ahead. So to kind of like beforehand, so the past like few weeks, I, I've just been so tired. I felt just so exhausted. I don't want to do anything. The things I love to do, I've had little interest in doing it. It's like, I just don't want to deal with anything. And I was eating so good and so healthy. And I I was on a great track. And then boom, I just got hit with like, I'm so tired. And so I stopped making good meals and I ate what was fast. And I was ordering food and just, you know, eating more junky food because I I was too tired to make anything. The stuff I wanted, I just didn't want to make. So I'd settle because this was here. It was instant yeah. or easy. And, and that- I always offer to make her food, whatever she wants. But if it's not exactly the way she likes it, she's the pickiest eater. And she'll tell you that herself. So I'm not yeah. being derogatory or making fun. So, no. I'm if, so if bad. it's not it's her like- making her food, she won't eat it. So it's, it's like, if it's not like cut a certain way, it's like, nope, it's wrong. It, it's <laughs> so even, even, even when I'm like trying yeah. to help, she's like, no, I'm just tired. I'm just going to order something. And right. I was just so tired and so exhausted. And I, I felt like I wasn't in the best place to be. And I was like, yeah, cause I had like, I wanted to make an appointment with you and working on, like, when can I get the schedule? I looked at your schedule. I'm like, oh, nothing really works right now. And so, like, we had spoke, and you actually opened up your schedule a little bit so we could fit me in. And I went in, and you sent me um, music to listen to during the session. So I turned on the music, and I started a little early just to kind of get my mind right and, and get in my meditative state. And... um as I was doing it, like my mind just started going busy and thinking about all the stuff I have to do. And I was like, no, stop. You need to stop doing this. And then I like got into my state and I was like a whirlwind of protection coming in. And I felt this protection. And then I just started crying because it was like, I was so thankful for having that. But then it just made me think of like, why don't I always feel this connection? to, you know, I mean, I feel a really strong connection with my guides and my higher self, but there's so much more, my ancestors, especially, um, there's so much more, there's so many more that I, I know they're there, but I don't always feel them. And it just made me sad. Like I want that. And there was, um, a regression I had done during my hypnotherapy class for like anxiety. And part of it went back to, um, when I was younger and trying to talk about my experiences of talking to trees and rocks and then feeling like my guide wasn't there and it was like, he's not here and feeling like an abandonment. And I almost was like, it was like that trigger 
of abandonment by them. And it's like, I know they're there, but it's just a feeling like they abandoned me, even though I know that's not right, but it's just that feeling that sets in. And it made me really sad, even though I know they're there and they're all here right now and I can feel them. So it was just like, I need to go through this. I need to process this. So I allowed myself that time to let it out and process it. And I was thinking about like my family and how it's like, I feel like I don't deserve them. They are so good. And like, I, I am I good enough for them? And it was like catching myself, like, why? Why am I thinking that way? It's that way that you're um, like basically brainwashed, you know, into thinking. It's like, you know, but no, it's like I've done, I think about like all the good things I've done and, and all the good I try to do. And it's like, fuck yeah, I'm deserving of this. And my kids are awesome because of my husband and I, and my husband loves me and I'm deserving of him and I'm deserving of my kids. But that thought comes in and I feel that guilt. And I'm like, stop, you need to stop doing that. So I'm like doing my work as I'm meditating, you know, but it, it was just like processing so much. And I, I had realized like, oh, I'm just tired and I want to go home. Mm-hmm. And I was like, in my home, I, I'm referring to before I incarnated on earth because I had a past life regression where I went to where I'm originally from, my, my soul, my spirit. And it was beautiful. And I remember when I had to leave to come to earth, a lot of us didn't want to go, but we had to. And I was getting these messages of you need to stay, you have to fight, hold on, you know, like mm-hmm. you need, you need to, and it's hard to explain, but it was like, like I'm putting my hands out, like stop, like you need, like hold, like hold everything. Like you have to hold people up. You have to work. You have to do the work. And I was like, I just like, I want a break. I want a vacation. I just, I need something. I'm, I'm so tired. And, um, then like there was a point, like I was getting so much, I was getting like purple. I was getting, um, like I was getting a lot of stuff and then we met and we talked and you were telling me about what you were getting and a lot of the stuff. And I'm like, wow, yeah, okay. I get that. And there were a couple of things like you, you mentioned you were getting hold the line. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's what I was getting essentially. And it was like, yeah. So I, I think you were picking up on that when I, when it was coming to me, um, and, and like you even said, like you got like with my digestion and everything and I, I was eating crap and I wasn't eating good. And you're like, drink water. And the past couple of days, I wasn't drinking as much water as I wanted to. And I knew that. And it was just like you were picking up on all this stuff and just being able to like talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, and a big part of it was like, and, and I know like, some people are going to like roll their eyes at it, but it's like, I'm not fucking crazy. Yeah, <laughs> like not, you got it crazy. too, you know? And it, it's like, and it, it's, it's confirmation my, yeah. because like I have, I have worked with other clients who have like all, like they've seen all these like movies in their mind. Like they met their guides during the Reiki session, but all I'm doing is you know, I set a table and I, it's like, I, I visualize you, like it's you and I'm going over you know, your skull, your cranium, your brain, your subconscious, your, I like take forever. I go through the muscles, through the blood, through the white blood cells, through the red blood cells, through the lymphocytes. Like those are the ones that fight 
sickness, like, and then I will get a response. Like if it's stress, I'll burp. And it's like, that's not me. You know, I try to not eat before and get myself centered. If it's racing thoughts, I'll start to get racing thoughts that I'm like, these aren't my thoughts. Or, um, when I went over, um, your digestive system, I was like, Hmm, let's go back here. Let's, let's move some of this out. Um, and then, you know, I got the, the little tears that usually when a client cries or has something that they're releasing or working through, they're doing the work, the little tears, they just live here. They don't fall. They just stay right there. And I know, okay, there's something there and just going over every part, holding the hands because I, it's a big deal for me to hold. Like I, I envision your hand in my hand and I'm holding it and sending you that love and that's yeah. okay. And I didn't tell you, but I actually like at one point I could feel my hands being held. Like, cause I put my hands out mm-hmm. when I receive Reiki, I put my hands out and open. Yeah. So my palms are up and I was laying there and I could feel, I could feel them like the weight in my hand. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't get a chance to share that with you when we had spoken before, but I could feel that. Yeah. And like the feet is another point. Um, the knees are particularly a point. The legs hold a lot of energy meridians, which is like sweeping it out. And, you know, the Reiki is the one, the Reiki energy is doing it all. I'm just the, the you know, I'm just kind of like the straw and the Reiki is like the water, you know, and you're receiving it. But um, then I get, you know, these hits and I just kind of take my little notes and then we talk about it because then it's like, oh, that makes sense. Like, that's what you were feeling. Or I think we got, um, listen with your heart mm-hmm. was one of the phrases that came to mind. And, um, you know, I always tell my clients, whatever I was like, this might not make any sense to you, but then later it's like, whoa, that that's something I need to live by, or I did need to drink water. And it's when someone needs to drink water, I see water or I get like the sensation that I'm very thirsty and I always have water before the session so that I'm not thirsty. Um, even like changes in temperature sometimes over certain areas or when I'm balancing the chakras, like, like your throat chakra is great. It's, I've had clients where I go over the throat chakra and I'm like, literally like coughing, like, <clears throat> clearing it because it's like, whoa, you have stuff that's living there that we need to move. But yours was like, it's like, oh, she's great there. And I was so excited because (laughs) I've been working so hard on speaking up for myself. Mm -hmm. And so um, a while back, I was actually doing a hypnosis session. Um, I was being hypnotized and, uh, you know, just trying to work on wanting to speak up for myself more. And because I always like... I always feel bad and I don't want to hurt people's feelings. Like that, that's how I was. And I I wouldn't want to speak my truth because I didn't want to upset them. And it's easier to kind of just like, yeah, I guess go along with it than upset somebody. But I was like, but I'm upsetting myself, you know? And so I actually like, I think it was like that day or the next day, like a friend texted me about doing something. And I was like, I don't want to fucking do that. That's stupid. And, 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 but instead, of, and at first I was like, so what do I do? Just kind of be like, I, yeah, I guess I can do that. But then I stopped. I go, no, 
I'm going to be honest because if she's really my friend, she'll be like, okay, that's cool. And I was like, I really don't want to do that. Um, but here's why. And it was just like a quick explanation to be like, you probably shouldn't be doing it either. But, um, and it was cool. And, and it was fine. I was like, yeah. And I just, I've been speaking up for myself more. And I've like, and I've been doing so much work to achieve honey badger status of like, I don't give a shit. Nice. You know? And yeah. <laughs> I just make you spit out your I almost, water? I almost spit out my water when you did that. that Sorry. Was, that's okay. But yeah, like, I don't give a fuck. And, and that's yes. one of the things is just, I can, you know, being more comfortable doing it around people I don't really know, but the people I care about doing it with them and that was like yes and I started doing that there too and it's like yes and it's just it's like constant evolution but when you it's empowering yeah but when you said my throat chakra chakra was clear I was like fuck yeah oh (laughs) I was excited (laughs) you can be totally spiritual and swear a fuck ton you know just putting that out there that's another thing with my podcast is that sometimes I get on a roll with the bad words and I'm like, Ooh, people are going to be like, eh. but then I'm like, uh, in the description box, I'm like uh, trigger warning, foul language because, and I even apologize, but then I'm like, you know, this is how it's going to go. Like I'm shooting these F bombs and sometimes they come out. Sometimes they're needed. Yeah. I'm being real. It's healthy. It's healthy. You know, Monique yeah. just likes to celebrate it by throwing in extra fucks and shits and <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Like, just because she likes to celebrate the fact that she can swear. When I was Cuss. a kid, I remember my brother could swear, but I couldn't. Um, and I, I remember, like, my brother said hell, and I was like, yeah, what the hell? And my mom's like, you don't talk like that. I'm like, you let Jay talk like that. Well, you're a lady. Goddamn double standards, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, um, but that was really exciting that I, I was like, I'm working on all these things. And it was like, yeah. So I know I have other stuff I have to work on, mm-hmm. but it felt like a win. And like, it's always a win I yeah. feel like with Reiki. There's, oh yeah. It's shining a light. It's moving what's stagnant, mm-hmm. it's shining a light. But then I think after a Reiki session, you're like so grateful, you know, cause you go through these thoughts and feelings and then it kind of makes sense. And then as the days go by, you're like, yeah. You know, I got stuff to work on, but I'm doing great. Yeah. I think the, the energy is so kind in that way that it's like, okay, we're going to push this out. This is going to make you a little sad. Then you're going to feel so happy. Yeah, because especially with like me being so tired, you were the one who brought that aha moment that I needed of Monique, you're so tired. I get it. You're exhausted from everything, but you have to do the work of eating better. That's work you have to do. You have to take care of yourself. Your vessel is yeah. needs that replenishment. We can do all the work mentally, spiritually, emotionally, mm-hmm. but if we're not taking care of this meat soup, mm-hmm. everything gets a little out of balance. Yeah, and, and it actually like, it, so we had our session on a Sunday mm-hmm. and it was like, okay. And the next day it was just like, it's better. It just, it felt better. And I made, like, I made that decision. It was like, I, I got the information I needed. And it was like, okay, so this is what I have to do. Okay. And, you know, I've been doing better. I've been doing a lot better and it feels good. And it's like, you know, just, I, I took a break 
I just, I was like, I'm not going to work on this and I'm not going to work on that. And I came home and I just, you know, I would, I tried to spend more time with my family and trying to do more things like I, I wanted to do to help out with things instead of feeling I have to do this. It was like, I want to do this. And the things I always feel like I have to do, I was like, I'm not doing it. And not because I'm tired, but because I was making that conscious choice of do I need to do this or is it going to make me feel exhausted and tired and run down? And I was like, I'm taking my break. And even though like I felt super productive, it didn't feel like the work of everything going on. Um, It's hard to explain, but it was just, it was really nice. And um, it was like, yeah, like I just, I needed that. And I don't think I would have come to that realization had we not had that session. So thank you. You're welcome. I always think sessions are so amazing because after a session, I usually you know, I'll send you your notes and the emails and things, but then I get into my meditative state and I'm learning too. I reflect on it. Like, what am I doing with my body? Am I, should I be drinking more water? Like I'll take, am I thinking too much? So it's always an aha for me too. I'm always like buzzing after a session. And so I always have to go ground outside. And that's when I kind of reflect like, okay, am I, doing this as well. It's, it's learning for me too. Yeah. It's a growth for me as well. And reflection, every session is different, but I learned something new about my client and myself. So it's really, it's really nice. Um, I always feel so grateful to, to do them. I, I get so happy. I am <laughs> so excited to do that. And I feel the same way, like when I do hypnotherapy and it's like the realizations that other people are coming to and it's like, yeah, like that's profound. Like we all need to take from that. Like I need to take from that. Like it's not like when it comes to the healing, it's not a one-way street. It, it, it's not. It's both ways. And I think people don't always realize that. It's like we're healing each other. We're healing each other. And then that creates a better relationship with your spouse or mm-hmm. your partner, a better relationship with your children. You're realizing, I don't want to put this on my, my future children or my children. I want my relationships to be this way. Like, it, and you shed also from the growth, you have to shed what no longer serves you, whether yeah. it's a relationship or a job or a behavior. It's like, you're constantly growing. And I think when I do a Reiki session with someone, we're like two little stars and it's like, we're twinkling. And then it's like more of us are twinkling in in this sky Yes, because, you know, you pass that on to your partner, like, Oh, now we're vibing better. We're feeling better. We're happier. We're a team. And it just, it's so nice. Cause I wish more people could see that we are so connected in what we do. We really are. And and one thing, like, I don't know if they realize that, but healers need healers too. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. We, we I do. Have my, I, ha- I mean, I've worked with you. Yeah. I have my friend Cameron who does tarot readings for me. I have, I've done a Reiki with Adriana. Yeah. I have another friend who just does Reiki crystal on me because I'm like, I need it too. <laughs> like <laughs> everyone needs it. Just like you have to get a haircut or get your nails done or it's maintenance. It is. I, 
I feel like I've waited so long to find people I felt comfortable and connected with to be trusting enough and and feeling like it would work. And and that's something else. um, Like I, I didn't mention it on here, but when I was connecting with you for that session, like I had told you when I had closed my eyes, I felt a connection. I saw an eye. Like, I saw an eye looking in, and I was like, okay, because I was like, I opened myself up to Nicole to give me Reiki, and I kind of, like, go through my thing, and part of me was like, I'm going to let her dig in deep, and all the ugliness and all the messiness, the deep, dark, dirty secrets that you don't want anyone to know because you have to be perfect, and everyone needs to think you're perfect, and everything's good. It's like, I'm, like, just show the ugly so we can heal. And, and it's really hard to open up. Like, you have to feel the right kind of connection to be able to do that with people. And yeah. I, I'm sure, like, you go in, you're like, oh, it's not that bad. But, you know, we all have our own thoughts and feelings about ourselves. Yeah, it's all the thoughts and feelings. And also, it's like, we want to hide, like, the, our shadow. We want to hide the monsters that live in the closet. It's like, let the, it's like a flashlight. Like, let the flashlight shine. Yep not that bad my monsters are sweethearts they're pretty (laughs) (laughs) we can love our monsters you know yeah it's embracing and highlighting and it's like hey this is a part of me shadow work is that yeah and it it, like it's never ending (laughs) it never ends there's always something I'm like great why did that trigger me you know but then I'm like okay well this goes back to childhood and I need to you know talk to little Nicole and that's how future Nicole is gonna have an easier time and never never ends it's constant growth it's it is but but that's life it is yeah and that's the beauty of it too Mm -hmm. to look at it on a positive way that way it's like when you when you look at it like I'm always going to be growing, I'm always going to be dealing with stuff. It doesn't mean that you didn't the things you worked on weren't worked on or you didn't do a good job of it or you did it wrong. It's like no, it's kind of like how animals molt or they shed. It's just like you keep growing and it's just how it is and you you it's shed seasons. those layers. Yeah. And it's just it's part of life and it it doesn't make anything you did before invalid. It just means going the next step up yeah. and you go the next step up and, and so it's it's like and that's how I was looking at it like I know I've worked on this stuff but it's different oh okay because yeah I worked on this at this level now I'm up here okay and now I got to deal with that and and I'll deal with it when we get up here okay and, and once you start to realize that it makes it a little bit easier when you can yeah. accept that when you can accept it for sure. Yeah. That's the, that's the key is the acceptance. Absolutely. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Could you just share with all of our hearers and watchers how they can find you, how they can hear you on your podcast, where they can find you on social media and how they can book an appointment with you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at healing.with.nicole underscore. I'm hoping that one day Instagram will just give me healing with Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Twitter is at heal with Nicole. I am on most podcast platforms um, and it is the healing with Nicole podcast. You can find my website. It is um, healingwithnicole.net. 
And I have on my social medias, I have my link tree. So um, you can schedule through there. You can schedule through my website. Um, you can DM me, email me, which is uh, healingwithnicole at protonmail.com. If there's a date or a time that you don't see on my schedule, reach out. I can make it happen. I'm, I'm usually just put a certain amount of hours on there, but um, I make it happen. I want to reach as many people as I can. And yeah, I'm here to chat, support, root for, for you. And um, that's, that's me. Yay. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, honey. Yeah. How can people find us on social media? What, what's our Twitter? Our Twitter is at homewreckerpod. And we have a website too, right? Homewreckerpodcast.com. How can people find just you? Just me. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Monique Giselle underscore or for my hypnotherapy Twitter at Monique P-C-H-T. I have two websites, tarotbymonique.com where you can find my organite, schedule a tarot reading, get some incense, some candles, which by the way, Nicole, you're making beeswax candles. And I- yes. I wanted to throw out, I got so excited when you said you were working with beeswax because people don't realize beeswax burns clean. Yes. Soy candles do not. Clean and bright. Yes. And it smells good. It does. So get a candle from Nicole. Yay. <laughs> and you can go to innerstandingshypnosis.com to schedule a hypnotherapy appointment. And you, my love. I, I just have to say that when you said, I have two websites. I just thought that was fantastic. How you, <laughs> so I have to give you a little grief for that. Uh, no, uh, I don't even remember what my social media is. I think I have a Twitter still, At but I never Alex really go on Arion. anything. I think I went on there earlier today and I retweeted uh, something that you had posted. And that that's really like yeah. been it. I don't really uh, go on social media anymore at all. So Good for you, man. Good for you. Yeah. Life is much better without it. I will say, say we found some pretty amazing people like Nicole, though, because of it. So I am thankful. Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So until next time, I am Golden Greek Alex Arion. Join us. No, always. you're not. You're just Alex now. Yeah. I, I, I like the Golden Greek. He's well, always Golden well, thank to you. me. Can I, can okay, I, can I finish? Thing. Can I finish? <laughs> okay, I'm finished. I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> And I've been joined as always by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing trophy wife, the lovely Monique. And Nicole, thank you so much for joining us. We love <laughs> you. you. And we love, love all you our guys. thank you. And we love all our hearers and watchers. And you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast. Bye. Mm -hmm.